Raise your hand if you grew up hearing, oh no, you can't do that. What will people say? Or, lo kya kehenge? I thought this was a thing of the past, but it's still going strong and not just in the South Asian community. I love talking to people and finding out interesting tidbits of information about them. Yes, I'm curious, but mostly just fascinated with people who don't really care what anyone else thinks. Forget societal norms. I'm here to introduce them to you. These men and women have broken free of cultural or familial expectations and are doing the most out-of-the-box things. Whether it's a Pakistani woman like me with a master's degree in education who started a cleaning company or a college professor who started a fashion brand, you'll be inspired and amazed to hear their stories and how they're living the truest and most authentic life completely against the grain. I am your host, Farnaz Dar, and we're talking about going against the grain. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Going Against the Grain podcast. My name is Farnaz Dar, and I'm so glad that you're here. Today, we're actually doing something a little bit different. I haven't done it in a while. It's sharing my story, but not just me talking to you. I actually had the privilege of being interviewed by June of the Viana Cafe podcast. First of all, June's voice is hashtag voice goals, I guess you could say. She has a beautiful speaking voice. And she has a fantastic podcast. And quite frankly, I thought it was a really great interview. And I thought that it would be nice to share it with you all. So please sit back or keep walking or doing what you're doing and enjoy my conversation with June from the Viana Cafe. And of course, let us know what you thought. Thanks. Welcome. Welcome to Viana Cafe. I'm your host, June. Today, we're here with Farnes Dar, serial entrepreneur, mother of four sons, passionate about natural healing and educating people on ways to improve digestion and gut health with one of her businesses, Salfanel. Um, Salfanel carries a variety of fennel seed mixes for on-the-go South Asian gut health. Farnes also has a master's in education, a cleaning business, and a podcast, Going Against the Grain. Welcome, Farnes. Thank you, June. So happy to be here. <laughs> Thank you. Did I miss anything there? <laughs> Did you miss anything? No, I think that's quite a bit. Yeah. It sure is. It is a mouthful. So um, I just wanted to let people know how we met because it was actually really uh, profound for me. And, you know, first I want to say I'm, I'm an esthetician by, by trade. That's one of my trades. I'm a holistic esthetician. So I'm always drawn into the aesthetics of something, you know, and uh, you were set up near me at Bite for the Fight Food Festival, right. which was um, put on by Fight All McKenna Foundation a couple of years ago. And your setup was beautiful. Thank you. And you had plant-based, you know, which was uh, really uh, attractive to me. And um, also, aesthetically, you are probably, I, I mean, I could, I almost feel like crying when I say this, but you are one of the most beautiful women I've ever seen. Oh, June. Absolutely. I, I know mean, I keep talking, but yeah. <laughs> wow. Thank you so much. You know, <laughs> physically, but when you speak and when someone talks to you, your uh, soul just is lit up and it connected. I fell in love with you instantly. I 
So I totally humbly appreciate that and I accept that and back at you, honestly, <laughs> back at you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, so that was just the, the first time that we had, um, you know, con- were in contact with each other. And then I tasted <laughs> your softenel seeds and what a beautiful mix. Um, you know, do you want to tell us just a little bit how you got into that business? Sure, sure. So it's funny even to call it a business at this point in time. I started eating fennel seed mixes. Well, we've been eating them forever. It's sort of the go-to thing for gut health, especially if you're South Asian or from the subcontinent. But I, when I was pregnant with son number four, you know, my pregnancy craving for that one was fennel seeds. And I just could not get away from them. Literally, a bag in my purse, a bag in the car, a bag here, a bag there, like all day long, just eating fennel seeds. And it was honestly one of the easiest pregnancies or deliveries, I should say, that I've mm. had. And if you know, you know what I mean. No surprises on the delivery <laughs> table. <you> mean? <laughs> and um, And I nursed that kid longer than all of his brothers. I mean, it could have been because I was lazy and I just didn't have the energy to stop nursing him, but also yeah. because I was just producing more milk than I had ever done before. And this kid's almost 20 years old now, and I have continued to eat my fennel seed mixes. Whenever I'm out about with friends and things, everyone knows I always carry a bag of some sort of fennel seed mix because I don't leave home without it. Mm-hmm. We jokingly call it crack in my house because <laughs> it's like mom's on crack there and with with no negative effects <laughs> of right. the crack. But yeah, and I just, you know, a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. I always have an idea and I'm willing to take a risk and... Back in 2019, I was like, you know what? You can't find this in a grocery store. You can't find this even at the restaurants and things. So let me see if there's a market for my mixes. And lo and behold, worked with a friend of mine who has packaging design background, and she loved the product. And we just sort of launched it and um, have started introducing it to farmers markets and festivals and uh, little mom and pop shops in and around our area. And it's been interesting to watch it develop from one little mix that I would make for my myself and you know family and friends to four different mixes, a line of cookies, some chocolates, some bread, and on and on as it grows and more ideas come to me. Yeah, I love I love watching it grow. We we did used to carry it in the cafe yeah. and um it was a favorite among many, um especially the sweeter mixes. Sure. Um and it's kind of funny because a lot of people would say, I don't like the taste of anise. I don't like that. But with right. that said, it's, you know, there's so many other flavors in there. Right. And it's, you know, I guess when you're open to just giving it a try and, yeah. you know, seeing if it's any different than any other past experience you've had. Well, here's the thing. I thought starting out that my immediate audience was going to be people who look like me, you know, people from the subcontinent. Mm-hmm. I am going to, you know, open their world to natural, clean fennel seed mixes, and I'm going to just revolutionize this. And basically, it was like, mm, no, those are not my people after <laughs> all. <laughs> and that we pivoted to, you know, the American woman who is looking for digestive health, which is a concept that I had never really thought that I would be addressing when I started this business. I just wanted to share a yummy product that I was eating all the time with the digestive benefits just being an added bonus that I took for granted. And when I started hitting people with the digestive benefits of it, that's when it really was like, oh my gosh, we're looking for something for digestive health. Because quite frankly, people are sick and tired of the pills and the prescriptions. Mm -hmm. 
And they're kind of sick and tired of walking around the world with gut issues and being bloated all the time and not pooping for a week, which people have sort of normalized and felt as though that's the way they're going to live. And it's just not the way we're supposed right. to live. When I hear that, I'm actually amazed. Like, I, I mean, if there was a day that I wasn't, I'd be like, okay, I'm on it. What's happening in exactly. my body, right? Exactly. Um, and, you know, when you when you talk about gut health, you're also talking about why your skin health is probably why you look so radiant is because your gut is related to your skin. And you know, Mary Kay helps. Let's yeah. be honest. Mary Kay helps. But no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, maybe, you know, diet, I'm pretty sure, sure. is you know, 85, 95% of, of our yeah. overall health, right? And people don't give it enough credit. And if we're not digesting our food properly, right. then we're going to have all these repercussions as far as not, you know, assimilating all of the vitamins and minerals mm -hmm. that we could be, right? you know, and that's just when you're working on it with, I, I've read so many different stories about people, you know, utilizing fennel seed on a daily basis and maybe came across it by accident sure. and have been doing it and overall have seen improvements, the little ones and then the bigger ones over extended periods of time, right. you know, skin, hair, gut health, all of those things. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really interesting, you know, and talk about, you know, we just went through a pandemic. There's an epidemic of digestive health issues right. that are going on. And for not, I don't feel like one person or one thing can be blamed entirely. But when you start uncovering, why is it that we, especially in the West, have all of these issues? It's a really deep, dark rabbit hole that you go into mm. having to do with corporations, pharmaceuticals, the government, a lot of a lot of places that we can point a finger to say, why are we not educated on natural healing and mm -hmm. natural remedies? It's it's pretty unfortunate. And then we're looking at like, look at your food um, label, the nutrition labels in food. And you're surprised that like there's no fiber in our, in many of the foods that we assume are fiber rich. And there's just so many things. Mm -hmm. And, and it's been, it's been really eye-opening slash daunting slash really, uh, I, I can't, I don't know what the right word is, but it, it feels like I have a responsibility. Right. Even though I don't have a medical anything or a nutritional anything, I have a responsibility to be like, hey, listen, guys, this is something that people for centuries have been trying. We don't have the marketing budget that chia and flax do. So you don't know about the poor fennel seed. But really, it's a powerhouse. And give it a try. And people are often very surprised at the taste of it. And often so desperate to find some kind of digestive relief right. that they're willing to try it, which in our case with so fennel, it helps that we have different ways to introduce it to people in different forms and like and the cookies like yeah. the biscotti like the <laughs> yeah. tea biscuits the dark chocolates yeah mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and you know i think everything finds you when it's supposed to uh -huh. you know like you go through these tri tribulations and and trials of trying things sure. or um, and then someone just happens to pop into some place and come across your your fennel seeds you I know and that. we do all have this um this deep intuition, you know, this, yes. this spiritual wisdom of how to take care of ourselves. Yeah. And we have lost that, you know, our culture has gone, you know, to the wayside yep. because of the things that you mentioned, because of, you know, uh, pharmaceutical and government and such. And we've gone away from the natural mm -hmm. um, healing process and the body's ability to do it on its own when it's fed the right ingredients, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, June, I hope you don't mind. I mean, I, I believe in God. And so 
I believe that God has given us the remedies to things in the world here. And we just need to like trust that and seek that out instead of just trusting, you know, things that come in prescription or a pill, which have their place. I I don't mean to poo-poo that at all. No, absolutely not. It just gives the, it puts the power back in each one of us Mm -hmm. so that we can make that decision on our own based on the information that's out there. But you have to do your your research. You have to do your due diligence. You have to have that experience. You have to be open to having that experience, right? right? So it takes a seed. (laughs) Just give it a try, right? A seed of a, of a, a seed of trying something, a literal yeah. seed, all the seeds. Right. Yeah. I also um, I also feel like, I think people are waking up to this whole idea. I think people, the, the tides are turning a mm-hmm. bit. I think the pandemic has opened people's eyes to, you know, big pharma and like starting to question things more and more. And which something that I really never understood is I think people are finally looking at other cultures in places around the world and Mm -hmm. saying, hey, how are they doing it? And why are they living longer or being healthy or not dealing with the issues that the West, specifically the U.S., is dealing with? And they're opening up to incorporating those ideas, which I think is something that it's been too long that we haven't done that. Yeah, they they, mean? And I I think they've always been there, but not in the magnitude that they really needed to be. And I was going to say, you know, I haven't done the history on fennel seed but i was going to like mention the fact that it's from an ancient culture right like so where where are you born from like Uh, i'm originally from pakistan okay family is from pakistan so that's been around forever like you said that it's not like they just came up with it right people have been doing it forever right so it must be powerful medicine not only in and on the subcontinent you know, around the Mediterranean, mm-hmm. Italians will be like, oh, what is this? What does this taste like? It fennel, reminds me fennel, of something. Yeah. Taralis and Paisels. And, um, you know, I don't drink, but port is an alcoholic uh, beverage that is, I think French and the Italians drink after a meal, which mm-hmm. comes from the fennel. Okay. So, you know, all of that fennel related things has to do with the digestive and helping the gut and things like that. So, yeah, it's been around, you know, China in the Chinese culture. I know fennel is there. Maybe the, the interesting thing is because fennel, <laughs> I, I'm laughing because this is the most that anyone's going to ever hear about fennel. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like deep diving into fennel. But like it's the, the whole plant is edible, right? People are so right. familiar with the bulb. Yeah. And they eat that. But the stalk, the petals, the everything is is edible in it. And it's funny in the on the subcontinent, I don't feel like we ever eat the bulb. I don't know of... I know my mom never cooked with it. I just recently started cooking with it. I felt like I'm an adult. Let me try this. But we've always just turned to the seeds and the powders and things like that. So, yeah, it's been eaten in different ways throughout the world. So the vitamin content of the seeds, is that similar to the plant? Like, do you get the same? Like, I I know there's like, um, I want to say, is the plant like vitamin A, vitamin C, Oh, Jim, um, you're putting me on the spot, and I truly don't know. <laughs> I truly don't know. I felt like I did research this at one point in time, but I don't. I, I honestly don't know. I, the would, I would think it would have to because the seed has that content, right, of what's going to be in the plant. Uh, yeah. So people ask about like what is the best form to get the benefits from, yeah. and I don't know the seeds. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine the seeds, sure, have everything, and you because they can be eaten raw. They can be eaten slightly toasted or cooked or whatever else. They have it all in there. Yeah. How'd you come up with the um, different mixes that you have? 
so that's uh, interesting. I mean, let's be clear. Back when I was pregnant, I could eat it raw. I could eat it like I don't think I had the time or energy to toast anything or cook anything. <laughs> it was just out of the bag eating it. But typically you'll find if you go to an Indian restaurant or a Pakistani restaurant, candy covered fennel seeds. Mm. It's a very common thing. And people kind of like are nostalgic about that. I couldn't find candy covered seeds that were not covered with toxic dye number XYZ. Right. So we went away from that. I use, so my original batch that I started making for myself was fennel, coconut, almond, sesame. And instead mm. of the candy covered, we would just put vegan sprinkles in. Sprinkles make everyone happy. Jimmy's for all of y'all <laughs> in Pennsylvania. Um, so that was that was just that. It was it was that original mix. That's what I would introduce to people. That's what I would always have in hand. And then you have people who are like, oh, do you have something a little bit sweeter? And I would then add in a very common uh, ingredient, which is a uh, pure cane sugar, like little rock candy pieces. Right. It's not it's not processed, you know, or anything like that. Just pure cane sugar. It's called misri in uh, on the Indian subcontinent. So that was our sweeter mix now. So we had some misri in there. And then I feel like this is cheating, but people were like, oh, do you have a sugar-free mix? And I was like, okay, I'll just take out the sprinkles. And now it's a sugar-free <laughs> mix. No sugar substitutes. And then the dark chocolate mix, which is sort of the most off the out of the box one, was just somebody had said that, you know, fennel and chocolate, I wonder how mm, that would be. Yeah. And so we started experimenting with that, found some dark chocolate chips. Coriander seeds are also a very common thing to put in a fennel seed mix. So we added a few of those. And then, you know, we had that one that's slightly savory, but also kind of sweet, a very unique blend. I think a lot of people who are familiar with fennel seed mixes are just like, what are you doing? How is there chocolate in here? And I'm like, I know, just try it. It's actually great. Right. So yeah. have you um, given, are, are you selling with any restaurants then that would be open to the new? Girl, 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 girl. <laughs> 2019, when we launched this, I swear I sent fennel seed samples from here to Seattle, to Florida, anywhere where I had a family connection who I immediately called, okay, my sister in Tampa, you are the regional manager of Florida. I need you to give <laughs> me a that. list of whether they wanted to be or not. My cousin in Seattle, like you're the regional man manager of the Pacific South, uh, Northwest. <laughs> Please send me. It, again, it was um, one of those things where I thought I was just going to be doing everyone a service in the Indian Pakistani community. And it turns out they loved that product. They loved the idea but just weren't committed to the price, you know, okay, and right. it was easier for them to buy a bulk of stuff right. that came from India or Pakistan and just offer that to their customers. The way we make ours is very small batch, very made to order. Mm -hmm. Nothing is really longer than a week old at the most. So that freshness and that commitment to, you know, small batch and, and you know, honestly, freshness is is not something that they're all willing to pay for. Right. Do you know what I mean? Makes yeah. sense. So. And, I, you know, while you're talking and telling me about all of these things, I'm thinking, how did you do this with four boys? Yeah. You know, like, how did that How did that happen for you? Like, that's, yeah. that's amazing. I'm impressed just with the, the thought of that. Well, thanks. I appreciate <laughs> that. But I have to be honest, the boys are not necessarily boys right. anymore. You okay. know, they are. They're, they're a little bit older now and yeah. kind of independent. I, the youngest was uh, probably 15 when I started this particular part of the business. And um, yeah, it, so 
it wasn't, they were more self-sufficient than, than before. Right. I could never have, or actually, let me take that back. I had been thinking of creating this business for some time, but you know, got to go to baseball. We got to take them to soccer. There's this one is in cross country. And right. you know, there was so much of that, that there just wasn't the time. But now, I mean, you know, when I need, I jokingly like child labor, let's go. <laughs> I need you guys like put stickers on these, like watch or whatever game it is, but like put some stickers on these jars and, you know, help me out. They're able to do that when it comes to farmers markets and festivals. I, they're happy to come with me to set up and count the money, but they don't <laughs> want to do the talking and the educating that I have to do. Fair enough. But, you know, Right. I, I they're, they're coming around. They're seeing this as a business. They're seeing they're they're cheering me on and supporting me. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll see the fruits of this. And I tell them all the time, like, look, when this is a multimillion dollar corporation <laughs> and you guys are all like, oh, I want a piece of it. I'm going to remember who like came to the farmer's market early on a Saturday morning right, right. and things like that. So, yeah. So um, you also have a business education. I'm, you know, a master's in education. I do. So where did that all fit in? Like, did you, were you kind of, uh, that was the goal? That was what did you always wanted to do was be yeah. in education? Yeah, I really, um, you know, my college years up to master's, up to all four of my kids were born in New York. So I really thought that I was going to be one of those teachers who went to one school and taught until she retired. That was literally what I had dreamed I would be doing. Then I started having all these children, though, <laughs> and, you know, I wanted to be with them. And when we moved from New York to Pennsylvania in 2004, the youngest was six months. So I needed to, like, you know, I just wanted to be home, be with him. And my education degree was always there. It wasn't going to go to waste or anything like that. Right. I soon started, like, soon after we moved here, started homeschooling my guys and I look back at that and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. What was I thinking? Homeschooling <laughs> them. There were good things and bad with homeschooling. So my education was always being used in that way. And then it's really interesting. Once they went back to school, I had started the cleaning and organizing business. And within a very short amount of time, I recognized that people were not educated on how to maintain their homes. Right. They wanted a nice house. They wanted to keep a nice space, but they just didn't know how to do things that I sort of took for granted. And, you know, lo and behold, I started saying, you know what? I can teach classes. I can teach parents how to teach their kids how to clean up after themselves, how to set up a room so that you can tell your kids to clean up. Right. And so my education background sort of morphed into this new cleaning and organizing business. And then there was like my clean piece was formed. It was just another like little business on the side. And it was great. It felt really, really good and really, really needed. Yeah. Um, you know, got a good, I got a chance to speak at some universities, uh, got a chance to speak to older adults who were transitioning, um, whose parents may have been pass, passing away or close to that and how to declutter their spaces and so there was just so much need for it. There still is so much need for this kind of thing. And that's kind of how I haven't gone back to a classroom necessarily, but I've mm -hmm. created my own path and the ways to teach people. I, you know, once a teacher, always a teacher. Agreed. I, you know. I, I, I learn so much from everyone that comes on. Sure. Because I think we all have something to offer in that yeah. way. Yeah. But I love how you were able to just 
you know, change everything up and evolve yourself that way. You know, the evolution of yeah. one one job or a career into the next. And, you know, I'm thinking um, we had a guest on Nova Larkin. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she is also a space clear. And she said because of the pandemic and how everyone was kind of, you know, um, stuck in their spaces, they did end up cluttering sure. up even more. And that's even such a, more of a need now. Oh, interesting. I thought you were going to say the opposite because oh. I saw that there was so much decluttering going on. Oh, see, she said the opposite. Interesting. opposite. And I know for me, like I've been, her advice was to clear things out, uh, you know, every um, week take one to three bags of things or, or items and just move them out of your house. So I've been doing that since I, I talked to her is just trying to push out and get rid of because we do accumulate. Sure you know, things. Sure. Um, but I find that, um, I think that maybe it's bring, we should bring that back in because I do think that people do need to know how to, you know, organize. Listen, it's me included. June, all of us have superpowers, right? And things yeah. that we are like, obviously everybody knows this, right? Yeah. And then look, I, it's hilarious that I have so fennel, uh, a food based business because I don't enjoy cooking. We, I, we eat for survival in my home. Right. I, I would wish that I could we be eat for survival. I mean, I mean, maybe a little bit more than that, but like, <laughs> it's not my, I don't find joy in it. Right. For the most part, <laughs> but, but I find joy in like, oh, let me just clean up the house. Let me just organize this. And, you know, I'll go to my sister's home in Tampa and she can whip up a meal for freaking 30 people who are going to be here in an hour. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. I and, love that. Uh, you know, we go down for Thanksgiving and it's like, okay, Thanksgiving's my favorite holiday and I love cooking for Thanksgiving and she does too. So she's like, no, get out of the kitchen. But if you want to go clean the house, you can go clean the house. So I'll clean her whole house on Thanksgiving and she'll be cooking everything. And we've got a great little synergy going on. But, um, but yeah, I think everybody can learn how to keep a space. And more importantly than that, you know, one of the things that motiva motivated me to, to start talking about this and teaching was the mental health and space connection. Right. The yes. where you live, how that impacts your mental health. You know, Jordan Peterson says, you know. I love him. Love him. And what yeah. does he always say? Clean your room. You want to make a change in the world? How about right. you start with your freaking room? Right. Yeah. And then, you know, there's that that um, army guy whose name I sadly can't remember off the top of my head, who's like, start your day by fixing your bed. It's the first win of the day. You know, right. there's these basic things that we take for granted mm -hmm. or we think are just chores, but they're part of our life. And then they have, they have benefits that we don't really recognize or we don't value as much as we should. And speaking on that, I mean, one of the things that I teach new parents is, you know, if the kid is old enough to bring you something that you've asked for, they're old enough to go put it back too. Right. So you don't need to add a second layer of parenting by now having to clean up this playroom that you've created for your kids, mm -hmm. right? Teach them how to do it. It's an ex There's executive functions that kids can learn right. by just following directions and cleaning up the, but it's not fair to expect them to clean up this little toy room, to toy store that you've created for them mm -hmm. unless they know where things have to go back. Right. It's just like a, an adult with a junk drawer. You know, yeah. nobody likes to go through their junk drawer. It's annoying, you know, yeah. like, but when we know where everything is, it's easy to like, do, 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 yep. take what you want. So I love that wording too about executive decisions because, yeah. you know, that's actually, you have to run everything like it is a business, right? Absolutely you do. And my 
my motto, my kids don't like hearing it, but I say how you do one thing is how you do everything. Sure. So if you can start with something small and you can do that with your full attention right. and with your love and care and like just making your bed mm -hmm. or cleaning your room and putting all of your effort into that, then everything else around it just kind of starts to feel effortless as well. You right. do the, you put the same attention you do into that task as you do all your tasks. Exactly. Right? And it's I, I use the word family citizenship. I, I really do. I mean, you're a citizen of your family, right. of your of your home, sure. right? It takes uh, all of the family members to utilize the spaces to make mm -hmm. the the house run smoothly. Do your part as as a citizen, right? You know, again, going back to if you can be a family citizen, then you will probably be a good citizen in, in the general <laughs> world, right? You know, and right. everybody's got their roles and responsibilities. Yeah, nothing more than you know, nothing abusive or in any way, you know, kind of, uh, um, I can't think of the word, but abusing their children by making them do everything, but within reason and within sure. their capabilities. I think it's not a lot to ask. And quite frankly, I never paid my kids to do any chores because again, family citizenship, we mm -hmm. all run it. Right. And that, you know, I try to incorporate that with my kids and some things they will do that they you know, they will, they don't mind doing like take out the trash or mow the grass, you know, right. that's a power tool kind of thing. So yes, we get to run a motor or sure. operate a vehicle, <laughs> yeah. but there's other things that I might say and they're like, well, how much are you going to give me for that? I'm like, no, no. there is no negotiating this give one. You dinner. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's yeah. part of the, what we all do with yeah. our contribution to things going on. Sure. So that, you know, you had touched about speaking at some things and um, I do want to come into the podcast because you are um, an amazing voice. I had listened to, um, who was I listening to? Um, what was her Mimi? name? Mimi Johnson mm -hmm. yep. for, um, for human trafficking. Yeah. And it was a powerful conversation. And I think that one that isn't heard enough um, you know, and sure. I don't, and I think when sometimes people hear that, at least I know me personally, previous to finding out what all is involved and, and who this affects, right? It, it affects everyone mm -hmm. and none of us are excluded from that, that um, effect of what's going on there. But the target audience, you know, I'd never thought I'd need to listen to or be aware of that information or that content. So I want to say thank you for being a voice for just human beings in general and sharing that information wow. and Mimi as well. Sure. But um, I just really loved just the content of it and um, that you are, I guess, I don't want to say brave, but yeah. you know, you were open to putting that content out there. Thank you for that. And thank you on behalf of Mimi too. I think she would appreciate that compliment. But yeah, I, part of it, I'll be honest with you. I met her back in May at a uh, networking event and was immediately like, oh my gosh, you started a nonprofit for this. And, you know, this is in the suburbs here, right? you know, in Souderton. I would never have even thought that there was a need. That was how sheltered and naive I was about this whole thing. I never thought that there would be even a need. Yes, a need for, you know, maybe domestic abuse, abuse victims or something like that, but like sex trafficking right. here in Souderton? Like what? Mimi was able to educate me on the different definitions and what that really encompasses. Then 
come Sound of Freedom, the movie mm-hmm. that has that not a lot of people really know about, right? Yeah. And um you know, I would never have been able to really tackle a topic like that if my kids were younger, truly. And and honestly, friends and family who have not heard of Sound of Freedom, I'm like, you know what? Your kids are too young. I you should know about it. You should know that child sex trafficking exists, but I don't want you to watch the movie because I know I probably would not be able to sit and, and watch the movie. But with Mimi, you know, she came on somebody who not only has thought about um, how to make a difference, but has actually acted upon it, which right. unfortunately I know I'm guilty of like thinking, oh, I wish I could do more for this or that or the other. And then those thoughts just kind of stay in my brain and no action comes of it. And yeah, so I was really happy that I was able to talk to her with her. And I was really happy with that interview too. Of course, there's always questions that I wish I had asked later on after we had turned off the, the recording, but hopefully she'll be back again. And, and uh, I, I really advise everyone to look listen to her. She has an organization called the Survivors Alliance for Growth and Employment, and they just help women who have been trafficked um, in the ways that you would think and in other ways that we may not know about. And because it's a nonprofit, they're always looking for, you know, help and, and funding and things like that, but it's a really great cause. And um, agreed. And I think, um, you know, I think that, that it should definitely be listened to because, um, you think it's not in your neighborhood. You think it's not in this area or, you know, it only affects a a certain social class, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it's so far from the truth. And, you know, it is, it is, uh, disheartening to hear the information, but awareness is the first step in actually making changes and then bringing people that are, um, feeling passionate enough to take action like Mimi. So that will bring us around to, you have a podcast, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, going against the grain, right? How to, I mean, like you, you weren't busy enough, like building your, uh, you know, <laughs> my fennel seed empire <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my, for changing I gut health. That. Right, right. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, when I was like in fifth grade, there was a teacher in Doraville, uh, in uh, Oak Cliff Elementary School in Doraville, Georgia, who said, Fernaz, you have a lovely speaking voice. And I tell you what, the power of teachers, man, I, that stuck with me my whole life. I, nobody else well, a couple people here and there would say it, but she was the first teacher to say something like that to me. And I've always had the secret desire that I didn't really verbalize for a lot of years, but of doing voiceover work or doing something, speaking with my voice and, you know, add that to the fact that I had a cleaning and organizing business and I had a lot of time to like have a podcast in my ear and just would listen to podcasts or audiobooks all day long. And finally, when the opportunity came very randomly of someone introducing me to someone who could help me launch a podcast, which I had been marinating on for years and years, mm-hmm. I jumped on it. And within a month, it was like, bada bing, bada boom, it's out and done. And it's just, it's, it's, a, I don't even call it a business at this point. It's just something that warms my heart and makes me feel good right. to be able to share people's stories and talk with them. I mean, if it becomes a business and makes money, hey, bonus, and I'll take it. But for right now, it just really brings me joy to share people's stories. And well, the know, concept behind the the title and right. 
what are the stories you're sharing? Sure. Yeah. So it started with me thinking. So growing up as a uh, Pakistani young lady, Pakistani American, we always heard, you know, "Lokya kehenge," which means, no, 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 don't do that. What will people think, or what will people say? Yeah. Right. And that, you know, any brown person, <laughs> your brown friends have heard this growing up or <laughs> know of the concept, right? And I really was like. Everything, I looked back at my life and so many of the choices that I made have clearly been against the grain, going outside of the box. Uh, you know, opening a cleaning business as a Pakistani American was not something that you're <laughs> going to find very often. In fact, I share that like when I went back to Pakistan and, you know, I'm one of the eldest of the grandchildren and my grandmother was like, oh, you know, she's a she's a teacher and she has four sons. Oh, you know, how lovely and all of this stuff. But when I told her that, you know, I actually have opened a cleaning and organizing business, she made this face like, oh, I don't like that idea at all. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I understand it because, yeah. you know, it's not necessarily something top of mind. But uh, I explained and, and she was like, OK, I guess. Um, so, yeah. So I went against the grain in a lot of different ways. And I just wanted to share people's stories. And I thought I would only be talking to my brown, you know, brothers and sisters out there because that's who it applied to. But very quickly realized, oh, no, this is a very universal thing. Right. And there's a lot of people who have done things that society or family have been like, oh, no, don't do that. You know, what are, you know, that's not what we do. And just started sharing their stories. So everyone from, you know, uh, a friend of mine who is a college professor who is now opening up a fashion line and someone who, you know, corporate America, software engineer who's opened up a little sort of Target slash Etsy thing targeted to, um, you know, Indian Pakistani cultural items, you know, T-shirts and quirky little things, gift items, things like that, just almost quitting their great paying day jobs and going into something else. Uh, I have a, a lovely person, Octavia, who was on track to become a doctor and had some stumbles when it came to medical school and then pivoted to opening a natural skincare product line, which incorporated her medical uh, classes and, and mm -hmm. her medical knowledge into this. And it was something that she was not, very comfortable with. She felt like a failure for a lot of time, a long time to not be able to get to medical school, but has pivoted into something super rewarding that solves people's problems and has found fulfillment in that. So just really cool things. And, and then the last one I can, I guess I'll share is, is um, a young lady who has a son who is raising her son in a way that is quite different from how she was raised in the sense of like, empathy and compassion and mm. white privilege is something that she speaks about with her white son and talks about how, look, the world is changing and you need to be open and aware of all of those things, which to me as a mother of boys, I mean, whew, that kind of blew my mind of like yeah. how focused she was. And of course, you know, in the last couple of years, um, uh, the the Black Lives Matter and all of those movements that came through, you know, she would take her son to those events and be like, look, this is why we're here. And just opened his eyes and had open conversations about the responsibility he has as a little white man right. and what that's going to mean growing up in this country and in the, in the world. So really cool. I mean, I, I'm I'm so lifelong learner anyway and, and being educated, like just like you said, by the people who come on is such a gift and a privilege. And yeah. Love it. Totally love it. There's a lot of beautiful um, things happening there because you're 
we are kind of all raised to be little minis of our parents. You know, the, the ideas that they have for us to build a life that maybe they missed out on or things that they think that they should have been or done or couldn't do. And now they're giving you all of these gifts that they think are great, you know, so not to say that, um, you know, we're, we're there and it's not a heartfelt thing, but it's not always true or sounding loudly of what we really feel inside of us, our heart, what we want to do. And I think that's the hardest part about breaking the mold. Yeah. Because, you know, you feel, I know for me, like what you said um, in Pakistani is that I can't, I I always feel like people were like, um, no, no, you can't, you can't do this. This is because you were raised to be this way. Exactly. This is how you're supposed to be. Sure. And if you go, if you do that, one, you'll be an embarrassment to your family and everything else. But because they are already putting in their mind that um, it's going to hurt you. As opposed to letting you, right. you know, like they're, they're trying to put a band-aid on something that hasn't even happened exactly. yet. <laughs> yeah. Good intent, well-intentioned family right. members exactly. or yes. things like that. But at the end of the day, you know, we just have to kind of trust our own selves yeah. and, and, and go for it. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I try to do with, with, um, with my, my kids is like, you know, um, I'm here as your guide, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm your guidance here. And when you need a, you know, a good, um, direction or outline or what's right from wrong or a good opinion from someone who's been through but really you know the consequences of your actions right so let's you know like let's make an executive decision here you know like which direction should I go and how is that going to benefit me and others in the surrounding situation yeah right yeah and there's a lot of I think fam I think parents still who put their value on what their children do or become Mm mm-hmm and that can be a little, that can be a little daunting and it's a little heavy. like, yeah, really yeah. heavy. Yeah. It's heavy. And, and maybe understandable too, you know, in a, I mean, I personally have a motto that says I don't take any blame or credit for my kids, you know, right. <laughs> that's so right. if they're doing great, you know, there's a higher power that is helping them do great. If they're doing poorly, I did the best I can. And there's, that's their journey as well. Sure. And hopefully they'll come out of it on the other side. So Yeah. I don't, I don't blame parents for wanting the best, but when that becomes stifling and that becomes limiting to a person, and then that person, that child carries resentment or regret or any of those negative things, then it's, then it becomes something to, to think about and possibly, possibly change on their own. You know, yeah. we all have tools. We all have our tools that we're given to make choices and do things. And I, I don't believe personally in regrets or blaming a person for something. So just get out there and try it. Get, get I, lo- I love it. The, the, the title too, because you do actually have to go against the grain. You do, you know, yeah. you really have to, um, you can't, if you want to see a change happen, like you had said about Jordan Peterson, you know, clean yeah. your room, but it's also about like cleaning up your mind space, 100%. you know, like if you want to make, make a change and even in your children's lives and you want them to have the best, mm-hmm. then just clean out a little bit of your <laughs> space yeah. right? in yeah. your room first before you go ahead and making these decisions for someone else's life. Sure. Which is hard to do. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of like, you know, we're middle-aged women and we get peer pressured into like thinking away or not away. I, I know with my four sons, it's like the family was like, okay, well, where are they going to college? Where are they going to college? Where are they going to college? And, you know, I have a master's degree, but I didn't, I'm not using it, but I'm, 
but I'm empowered enough to make decisions and, and have gone right. different ways. And I didn't push them to go to college. I, I really didn't. Yeah. I, I don't feel like that's the only answer. We have Google and YouTube at our fingertips. Anything you want to learn, you really can learn. I mean, yes, please go to go to college if you want to be a doctor. <laughs> please. Could you really? You know, and honestly, as I say that out loud, you don't even have to go to college to be certain doctors, I don't think. Like true natural healers sure. can become doctors with well. Anyway, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but yeah, it's, you know. Even the, even the medical field is changing a sure. lot because, um, I mean, just from our own experiences, we can see that, uh -huh. you know, like um, suggestions of plant medicine, right. fennel seeds for digestion, right? Right. Like things are changing. Like you could probably go to a doctor who say, well, have you tried some natural alternatives? And some practitioners are using these, you know, and a lot of people are being more open to what's cost effective, what doesn't have side effects, yes. you know, what's the most minimal thing that I can do right. with the most profound impact. Yeah. And so everything is even changing. And I don't want to go down this hole just yet, but <laughs> I, with AI coming in, uh -huh. you know, that is going to change the medical field as well, because there'll be so much information accessible to sure. the medical field so that that will also include plant medicine and, and holistic healing and health, you know. So um, to have your kids pushed into something right now when the world is changing so much. Right. 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 And there's and the economic uh, barriers that go if into. If we dare even go into that. I mean, seriously. And, <laughs> right. and quite frankly, you know, with four boys that are two years apart from each other. You know, we didn't we didn't have the savings to say, yeah. OK, we have a college fund for each of you to go to college. And how dare I put them in debt? For so much right. without any guarantees of right. a of a job at the end that will cover that. Like how, for me, how dare I? That was my, you know, I went to school, I went to school in Manhattan that it was like $1,200 a semester, you know, which even then for my family was a little bit tight at some times, but they made it happen for me. You know, it's, that's just not, that's just not the way right now. And, yeah. and there's just so many other things that right. they could be doing and so yeah everything's mm. an, everything's an experience it just adds to you know the grand picture absolutely the, the whole thing the journey is yep. the fun part yeah so. just eyes wide open and take risks and take chances that's what my whole thing is yeah like get out there and experience it and if it doesn't work okay scratch that off and go on to the next one i you think know? about that like especially my my one son's going to be 17 and um you know people or he will say he'll say certain things and i think about other cultures he's already or would have been a man in other cultures at a younger age. Right. You know, I think of the emperors that were running countries at 13, you right. know, in charge of these grand things. Maybe they didn't do so great. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, Let's not look at their track know, record. <laughs> but life experience, and, I, and I'm just like, wow, like, you know, I need to leave a lot more up to his decision-making because those choices that, that, you know, a child or a young adult is going to make, sure. you know, is breaking ground for who they are as a human being in general and what their mission or their plan is on this planet. Right? Yeah. Well, and this whole concept of teenagers and coddling them and doing things for them, you know, it's that, tiring. Well, yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> first of all, you got to make dinner and you've got to figure out his life. Like, come on now. No, but then, and then that it used to be 18, right. And now it's being pushed to a little further and a little further now in their twenties, yeah. they're still kind of like, attached to their parents 29 30 yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I mean, yeah that's... when back in the day you were out at 18 married or kids sure and yeah all sure. of those things and you know maybe there's some wisdom with that i mean 
you know, yes, the times have changed for the better in a lot of ways, right. but there's some some old school wisdom, you know, back to our natural healing kind of uh, conversation. Yeah. There's some wisdom to some of the ways that people did things, I think, back then. But well, I, I love that you are a voice not just for women, but for all of us human beings and you putting know. out information out there that is necessary. I hope so. And with, yeah. the, with the grace to say, I don't know it all, and I'm happy to learn too, which is why I love talking to people like yourself and, and the guests that I have and so forth. So yeah, humbly learning and, and figuring it out along with everyone else and the, the things that I have figured out I'd like to share and the things that I've made mistakes on. Like, don't do the dumb, dumb things that I've done. Do other dumb things, <laughs> but, you know, but just get out there and do, you right. know, try. Right. Yeah. And that's, and that's all like, you know, um, you know, I think one of the things that I, I love about just being able to share information and I always put out, like you had mentioned earlier about God, you know, everyone has their idea of what God is or, you know, what works for them or what doesn't based on their own experiences, sure. you know, and I always tell everyone, everything you hear, um, Go experience it before you form an opinion, right. you know, or <clears throat> really research it, you know, to make sure that you have a good understanding of how that relates to you and right. your experience, you know, to base your, your, your ideas off of just what someone else is saying. And social media hopes that you will do that. Sure. You know, especially when you talk about propaganda and things that are going on in the world. Right. They go for the mainstream and everybody wants to be in the mainstream, mm -hmm. you know, but when you take the time to research and really experience something and then make your own, you know, decisions based on your own experiences, it really opens up a whole different world for, yeah. for people. So, um, I totally forget where I was going with yeah. that, <laughs> but you know, um, on, honestly, like, so I just, really think it's important that even if you hear something or you you had a bad experience and someone shares that with you you know like especially what reviews now sometimes I don't want to leave a bad review because maybe that was my mood or maybe that was my opinion or sure. that didn't resonate with me I like to read people's reviews to see if like well if there's something else better than that but same with like all things so you know it's kind of like I'm going to do it anyway. I really feel called to do it. You know, like listening to ourselves yeah. and hearing people on a informational podcast and seeing that someone else has done it or right. is doing it right. or has taken the action based on theirs just empowers more people to go out and do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think it takes um, a concentrated effort to learn about yourself. The self-awareness, yeah. self-awareness is a big thing. And it's, I don't think... I don't think people allow themselves the time to really think and reflect on themselves, mm -hmm. what they want, what they, how they can, they just don't have the time to like be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like what, sustain, what sustains me, right? Yeah. What, what fills my heart with joy? People, you know, and don't give me a quick little answer. Think about it. Yeah. Right. I'm with my kids. Like I have one who's sort of kind of figuring out life right now and, you know, kind of, and and it's fine, but also, you know, figure it out. Don't just take this time to be going through and waking up whenever and, you know, like have a plan. Have a, we all should have a plan. Right. Right. Whether that plan uh, uh, fulfills itself or not, you know, God has another plan and all of that kind of stuff. But, but just the idea of thinking and, and knowing who you are and understanding that there are, like, like I mentioned earlier, we have tools. We were given tools as human beings mm -hmm. to solve certain things, seek guidance, yeah. seek knowledge, accept where our limitations are and, 
recognize that there are things out there that can help us improve ourselves. I, I think that's I think that's so powerful. And yeah. I, I wish people were given that sort of information more. I wish I was well, I feel like I was given that information very early on, which is maybe why I've been able to why do you're a things. teacher now. Yeah. Why I'm a teacher and why I'm honestly able to just take a risk and, and say, you know, however it falls, things will fall. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not And it's constantly changing as well. Yeah. You know, it's and, it, and it's get away from whatever society always what says about right. you know, because that changes. Right. Uh, that's a cyclical thing. It, it, you know, in a minute the the trend will be something else. It reminds me of that movie, um gosh oh I forget the name of the movie. Um with Marcus Aurelius and um Gladiator. The, yes. Yeah. And the sister yeah. goes, the crowd is fickle, brother. You oh, know, right, like, right, right. So it's true. Like, you know, the masses of people, like yeah. they change up, you know, just with the wind. You right. Know? And if you don't know who you are on the inside, you're prone to listen to that wind. crowd yeah, that exactly. is fickle. Yeah. You know, like listen to yourself and right. You know, for me, you know, my faith has has grounded me in a lot of ways. I have much room for improvement, I'm sure. But, you know, has grounded me in certain things that, you know, I'll, I'll read the reviews once in a while. <laughs> the creaky door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you I'll know, read reviews. But I, I if, if I'm going to, I've told myself, and I honestly heard this from Joe Rogan, that if I'm going to read the good, I've got to read the bad, and I've got to accept both. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. And, you know, and that also brought me to a thought of thinking, you know, a lot of times we're looking for a resolve that's outside of ourself when it's already inside oh, of ourselves. So and 100%. for me, like you said, it's usually just a change of environment, a change of where my mind focus is. So that's why, you know, making your bed, cleaning your room, stepping outside, when you just change your mental focus, mm -hmm. then your perspective changes on everything. And it opens us up to like when you're outside and you're observing something, and you really are in the moment, you know, and you're watching just the birds or how things are moving effortlessly right. and just going in the flow. And there's the natural life and death, mm -hmm. you know, you can apply so much of that natural innate wisdom just kind of comes out of you. Yeah. And, but you've got to be able to turn things off right. and just absorb that, right? right? Which we're do so inundated. That's the hardest part. A hundred percent. When we're so inundated with technology in our hands yeah. and in our ears all the time and right. information and, and entertainment, it's hard to just turn it off and just be. So yeah. enjoy this podcast and then go outside, <laughs> take your shoes off, step on the ground, totally. look up at the sky, yeah. feel the sun on your skin or rain, whatever the case may be. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. enjoy life for a couple of minutes. At least. hundred percent. Um, so out of your life experiences thus far, um, what are Farnes's words of wisdom? Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Is Mike working? Are my boys listening? <laughs> Farnes's words of I I mean there's there are lots depending on the different topics that but I think I have a I have a sort of motto or a phrase or saying that I guide my life with. And I I circle back to it a number of times a day and it guides my actions and, and thoughts and what I say. And that is, be yourself beautiful and you will find your world full of beauty. And I, you know, it's sort of simple, but, and I, obviously I don't mean beauty, like exter external beauty, but like beauty in my words, beauty in my thoughts, my actions, how I interact with other people, how I conduct business, how I just live. Yeah, I want it to be beautiful and I really truly I mean I've gone through dark things and I've gone through like traumatic experiences and all of that stuff but 
I, I do find beauty in the world. And I, you know, I don't mean to be cheesy about it, but I make a concentrated effort to find beauty. And even when I see darkness or, you know, uh, turmoil or negativity, okay, what is that there for? Like, I'm always trying to find the meaning or the purpose in that and what I can take away that will allow me to live my life in the most beautiful way I possibly can. I love it. I think that's what I have. I love it. You know, it reminds me of, um, I was listening to, I I can't recall the speaker. It was about um, like a a Swami in India and he was giving, um, someone was referring to something that he says, um, how he treats life and he walks in this earth as if walking on his mother's breast bosom, you know, like, like taking just a very gentle approach and step, you know, with tender care. Like how would you walk on your mother's chest is how you approach all of your life. Like interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And so I, even when I'm walking outside, I was walking the other day and there's like these little teeny toads outside. And I was thinking, Oh my gosh, like if, if I was running and trampling out here, I wouldn't even have noticed those, those little toads, you know, but same with all life if you are just running through. But like you said, yeah. and, you know, you referred to the to it as cheesy, but I think that's people's cop-outs to not be accountable for living a beautiful life, right? Yeah. Or wanting to be. Sure. Like, why should we, why should that be considered cheesy? Yeah. Why shouldn't that be the norm? Well, you I'm know? taking cheesy out of the vocabulary from now on. Thank Anytime you. I speak about that. <laughs> yeah, because I think right. it's, you know, yes, we should all be like, yeah, I I'm going to live a beautiful life mm-hmm. and this is going to be the new right the new thing for everyone. I mean it really does change how you walk through the world. Yeah. It, it really does. You know, you can be in the most quote unquote annoying situations. A plane is delayed or traffic or, you yeah. know, long lines wherever you are and it's just like, all right, how can I make the most of it now? You know, obviously this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what's supposed to be happening. Yeah kind of puts you at ease right mentally and and physically just emotionally yeah because you're not in control of everything sure and so let it go and just be yeah yeah Yeah. I find that to be very freeing I'm grateful for that words those words of wisdom (laughs) and for you sharing with our listeners that I'm sure everyone will um benefit from that and hopefully will incorporate into their own lives if it fits and, for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's plenty of great words out there. So, um, and I just want to wish you many blessings in your business, um, and your personal life. Thank you. Um, and I will make sure that everyone gets the information on your podcast going against the grain, mm-hmm. um, that they have your information of how to reach self if they want to, get some I mean you have um, mail order right sure Um, ship everywhere there's a lot of information out there on your on your website yep um, so that they can find any information about it Um, do you have the places that carry as well on your website Um, any affiliations we do have some locations uh, in and around our community in in, uh, Lansdale Pennsylvania um, but if anybody knows anybody in Whole Foods that wants to reach out to me, yeah. we are happy to have a conversation with them. Boy, oh boy, is that a struggle. So, um, And then we'll get your sense to stand in Whole Foods and, and, <laughs> and count the money because yeah. they don't want to talk. You know, I love it. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Any independent grocery stores, too. We would love to, to okay. spread awesome. the word on. Um, but yeah, give it I a would try. love to see that happen. Yeah, that would be beautiful. That would be awesome. And, you know, I'd love to offer a little promo code for your listeners yes, to, please to give do. it a try. Please. If they do uh, Viana 23, they can save 15% off of 
their first order and give a try. We have some sampler bags that have a little bit of a taste of uh, the different products that we have. And then we have what we call the seed the day tray, which is a tray with a few other goodies and a sampling of everything that we have. So Viana lowercase uh, 23 to say 15%. That would okay. be great. V-Y-A-N-A, all lowercase, 23, 15% at Softenel. And I'll put all of that information into um, the podcast and the and your bio so people can Perfect. connect with you that way. Sure. Um, thank you so much for sharing with us today. I, it's been wonderful. It, I'm grateful. I've totally enjoyed it. This has been a fun conversation. <laughs> so thank you for having me. And thank you to our listeners for being here. Um, and we will... Have fun as get on again, and we will continue this conversation. Have a beautiful rest of your day, wherever you are. Namaste, friends. Thank you so much for spending a little time with me today. And for once, I'd really like to know what people think. So please, follow, download, submit a rating and review on iTunes, and share us with your friends. To learn more about how I followed my gut and went way against the grain, visit my website, sofennel.com.